everybody, we're back. It's avoiding the puddle. My name is Eris. I'm here with MYK. What's up, Mike? What's up, guys? Alright, dude. Uh, there is so much shit to talk about. This episode ha- is just packed full of all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, first of all, later on, we're going to have a special announcement. We have Mr. Wizard on the show, uh, one of the masterminds behind Evolution. He's going to make a big announcement about Tekken at Evolution and Namco's involvement. So I'm excited about that. And um, after that, we're going to have Mr. Markman on the show, and we're going to talk about uh, arcade sticks, evolution, uh, tournament stuff, all kinds of stuff. So I'm very excited. And uh, before that, uh, me and Mike, we got some things we want to talk about. Um, So we'll just get down to that. Uh, So much to talk about, so we need to just cram it all in there. All All right, right, so go ahead, Mike. No, no, no. It starts right off. Okay, all right. So uh, first thing I wanted to cover is recently Hori uh, sent me, they were very generous, and they sent me a uh, Hori Real Arcade Pro Premium VLX uh, arcade stick. Now, in case you guys don't know which one this is, it's the, it's the big one, the one that's $300, and it's, it's really, really expensive and fancy, and I was, uh, originally, I had seen it months ago, and I was a little bit skeptical um, on some aspects of it, and I'm going to go over all that stuff, but uh, have you seen this stick yet, Mike? Yeah, it's, uh, the VLX is uh, named after that because it's um, a replica of the VLX cabinets. That's right. Most of the big games in Japan use this cabinet, um, and it's pretty much, I mean, you want to say replica, but it feels like it's just, a, you just bought part of an arcade <laughs> machine. I mean, so I, I'm pretty much just going to get down to it. Um, they sent me the arcade stick. I was very excited and, of course, very uh, grateful for it. But as you know, Mike, and as anyone else who knows me, all my close friends know that it doesn't matter if it's free or if I pay for it. If I don't like it, I'm going to talk shit on it. And that's the bottom line. I mean, so you know that what I'm saying right now is completely legit and it has nothing to do with whether or not I paid for this arcade stick uh, or anything like that. Now, that said... Um, Aesthetically, this arcade stick just looks amazing. I mean, it's glowing. And it just, it, it looks so professionally made. It just looks really cool. And, you know, personally, I like my arcade sticks to be sleek and mature looking. I don't like all those gay flames or light up buttons or, you know, <laughs> pictures of fucking characters or whatever. You know, I don't like any of that stick, uh, that stuff. I like, uh, you know, nice, sleek-looking, like the original Real Arca- Arcade Pro, that looked really cool. And, you know, um, I really like the new uh, Evolution Mad Cats look that looks really sleek, not too oh, much graphics. Is that the gold one? Yeah, the gold one. And, I, I you know, I, Markman has some cool announcements to make about uh, Mad Cats and their, what they're going to have at EVO later. But, uh, yeah, this stick just looks really cool. I mean, it just looks really mature and, and impressive. Now, that's aesthetically, and that doesn't really matter too much. The, the functionality of the stick is what I want to really talk about. Now, originally when I saw this arcade stick, and this was months ago, I saw it and I thought to myself, this thing is huge. It's really big, and, you know, I like to go to tournaments. I like to carry my stick around, and, you know, it's, it may be a little too big to play with on your lap. And when I got it, the first thing I did was I tried it out playing on my lap without a desk in front of me, and I was completely wrong about that. It seems like it's too big, but when you sit down on your lap and you just 
have a nice backrest or something like that, it really feels comfortable and sturdy. It feels like you're sitting at an arcade machine. Um, there's no uh, like ex- excess movement or sliding underneath the arcade stick. There, they have like this uh, material that will grip really well, so there's no sliding and it's soft underneath. So it really feels comfortable when you're sitting with it on your lap, and the size is just excellent so that's five stars and of course it has all premium high-end um you know parts sanwa parts and it's all real good and all that stuff's cool it has uh indicator lights just like a playstation pad does to tell you you know what um player you're uh connected to one two three four uh it has all that turbo junk that i don't really care about but it's all there um now the really unique stuff about this arcade stick uh, firstly, it has quick disconnect buttons, which is pretty common these days. I mean, you know, most arcade sticks have it. But what is the point of a quick disconnect button if you don't have easy access to the inside of the arcade stick? There's That's nothing true. quick about a quick disconnect button if you need a fucking screwdriver to get to it, right? Mm-hmm. So, so this they really address this, and the way you get into this stick is on the back inside the chamber where you put the cable to plug it into the PS3. There uh-huh. are three hand screws. You don't need a screwdriver. You just, with your hand, you can unscrew these screws, and it what? opens up just like a regular arcade machine. It opens up right there. Quick disconnects are all inside. I mean, it's super cool. I mean, that right there is really cool. And you can just open it up and replace whatever you need on the spot. Now, wow. t- tying into that, uh, the, the stick comes with two button plugs. Now, it has an eight-button layout, and it automatically comes with two button plugs, so... Most fighting game players play with a six-button layout. So mm-hmm. you can immediately remove the far right two buttons, which I believe are L1 and L2, and plug those up, and that gives you two spare Sanwa buttons, right? Well, mm-hmm. Hori thought ahead, and inside this arcade stick, there's so <laughs> much space, there's so much space in this arcade stick that they have created these two holsters to, to carry two spare buttons. What so you fun? always have two spare buttons with you just in case you can, and it automatically you have them because you're plugging up the two far right buttons. In so case like a button goes out during a tournament match or something, exactly. and then after the match you could just switch out that button right on the spot. Right on the spot, no soldering, no quick dis- disconnects, no screwdriver. You just open it up and it's right there. The, the <laughs> stick also comes with um, zip ties, so for those two buttons that you plugged up, you can neatly tie the excess wiring to the rest of the harness so that, I mean, there's no loose wires flying around in there. I mean, it's just totally, they thought way ahead. It's crazy how far ahead they thought. I mean, the, you know, inside, there's so much space inside the arcade stick that you could, if you decide you want to make this a wireless stick with an access adapter, you could do that easily. There's plenty of room for any crazy modifications you want to do in there. Um, there's, I mean, if you're a Marvel player, you can carry a pistol in there, no problem, it's going to fit. I mean, there's, there's, there's plenty of room. Um, and then, you know, there's, uh, the, like I said, aesthetically it's really cool. Now, the weight, it weighs about 12 pounds, and that, that seems kind of heavy, but that is, uh, that is kind of like what you would expect from a stick this big, unless it's going to be made out of dog shit, you know, it's got to be made <laughs> It's made out of metal. I mean, there's a lot of metal parts. Inside's all metal. So, of course, it's going to be heavy. And you paid for it. You want something legit, you know? Heavy is good. Heavy is reliable. And so, you know, you're getting what you paid for. And that brings me to the price point. Now, 
this uh, this arcade stick retails for three hundred dollars, and that that is pretty steep, especially considering some of the competition out there. But uh, as you, I'm sure you know, Mike, and I mean, both of us have been playing video games for a while now. When you go to these major tournaments, over the years, I've seen hundreds, if not thousands, of people who have paid a shitload of money for the these custom sticks. Yeah, custom quote unquote sticks that have these bootlegged Optimus Prime or some gay sign on it. <laughs> it has some shitty plexiglass case that some dude made in his backyard. And, I mean, these people are getting really, really ripped off. I mean, I understand you got it, it's a difficult thing to make money off of arcade sticks. So the people who are doing this custom stick shit, okay, more power to them, whatever. But, I mean, at this juncture, if you're paying $250 for that Optimus Prime shit, look at what's available. I mean, 300 bucks, it's steep, but you really are getting what you pay for. I mean, it's really, really a nice stick. I give it five out of five stars. It, it's just fantastic in every way. Uh, I have no complaints whatsoever about it, which is out of control, because I have something to complain about no matter what. And I really have no complaints. There's plenty of space on the left side for your wrist to move. You have no problems with that. I mean, it's just a really great stick overall. And uh, I'm really pleased uh, about it. If they hadn't given it to me, I would buy one, definitely, definitely. It looks like, I mean, the stick itself looks like it just came off straight from the Buick machine, so... Yeah, totally. I mean, dude, you're, it feels like you're sitting at an arcade. You know, it's so cool. And that's what, I mean, I'm an arcade player. You know, I like playing at home, but my heart is in the arcade. And this really feels like you're sitting at the arcade, you know? You're sitting at an arcade machine. Yeah, Especially, even, go ahead. even with, like, the start puts into the right of you, it's just like how the arcade layout yeah, would be. Definitely. I mean, uh, and I really, because, you know... uh uh, Sanwa has sensitive uh, switches, so I tried really banging on it to see if the start button would register, you know, accidentally. But this case is so sturdy that when you have those hand screws tightened, you know, tightened all the way, just with your hand, it's so sturdy that nothing moves, nothing registers that you didn't mean to. I mean, it's it's really uh, excellent, uh, excellent stick overall, and I'm very pleased with it. And I, I think you should buy one. If you weren't so homeless, Mike, I would suggest <laughs> I would suggest that you uh, you buy one. And everyone else who likes Japanese sticks, I highly recommend them. Yeah, I definitely like the way that the Vulex sticks look. So maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a grown up stick. It looks badass. Uh -huh. Anyway, uh, so moving on, the next thing I wanted to cover before we get to the announcements and the interview with Markman, uh, quickly, I just wanted to cover uh, Evolution is a week away. And, you know, it's the biggest tournament, um, you know, year-round. It's the biggest tournament every year in America, and it's recognized throughout the world as one of the biggest tournaments. And what better time to talk about tournament nerves than a week before evolution? Um, it's pretty common for people to, to think that tournament nerves are a bad thing, and I don't want to, I want to shake the tournament nerves. I get nervous when I play. And, you know, a lot of people that are veteran players they'll say, oh, I don't get nervous anymore. It's, uh, it's kind of like another day in the office. I've been playing in tournaments so long that I don't get nervous anymore. Now, uh, I've, I've been playing games for a while now. It's been about 10 years, and I've really been studying this particular phenomenon in uh, tournament gameplay. And I've come to a conclusion that uh, there really isn't a smart way to completely lose tournament nerves. There are three, I categorize, I categorize uh, tournament gameplay into three mental states. The first one is general nervousness. Now, when you're nervous at a tournament, uh, usually 
you're not able to perform up to your typical uh, standard. Like maybe you can't block uh, certain lows, throw breaks are bad, maybe you can't punish things correctly, you're dropping combos. Yeah, and you're just nervous. Everybody ha that happens to everybody. Yeah, so. everyone knows it. I mean, you, everyone's experienced it. And when you're nervous like this, I mean, even though it's a mental state of mind, sometimes you'll feel it. Like you'll feel like your heart's pumping, your hands mm -hmm. are cold, your hands are sweaty or whatever. And when you're in this state of mind, I mean, it's like impossible to win. It's very difficult, and mm -hmm. this is the, the mode that you want to try and move away from. Now, the other, the other uh, state of mind you could be in, which is also negative, is the completely careless state of mind where you're totally not nervous at all. Now, I think that this is a bad thing, because if you're completely not nervous in any way, that means that either you don't respect your opponent at all, which could cause uh, upset, I mean, this happens very often, you know. You don't respect your opponent in any way, and then boom, out of nowhere, big upset. You know, you, it, or the other reason is that you don't give a shit about the game. You entered for a game you don't play or you don't care, you know. Mm -hmm. If you don't care, of course you're not going to be nervous. But otherwise, you're either going to be nervous or another category is you're going to be completely self-aware. Like, it's, it's this state of cognizant fear where... You are. You understand that there is a danger ahead of you, but you're not so scared that you're unable to perform. You know, and this is, I think, what the expert veteran players like John Choi, uh, Alex Valle, you know, uh, Tom Hilfiger, all the legends of the of fighting games, they all reach this point, and many of them at times probably don't even realize that they've reached this point. They just think, oh, I don't get nervous anymore, but. What they're really doing is they're, they're reaching this point where they're able to harness the danger that they're in and they're able to perform above their typical capabilities. Now, I mean, give me some of your experiences uh, on, on tournament, uh, you know, uh, nervousness. Well, lately I've been getting more nervous than I used to, but, like, back then it was more like because I was coming up and I was, I was like, okay, here's a big-name player. I just looked at him and was like, he's just another player. I have to play him. I know what he's capable of, but I'm just going to play him like he's any other player, you know? Right. Still nervous, but you still have to play your match. Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing, I mean, I've done some research on... It's been scientifically proven that the human body has a defense mechanism. It's a natural defense mechanism that in times of danger or in times of peril, automatically you are faster, you're stronger, and your reflexes are much better. And this is a it's natural... Not, it's not adrenaline rush, man. Yeah, it's, like... it's, it's, it's not only the adrenaline. When, you're, when you mentally realize that you're in danger, you, you produce faster results. You're faster mm -hmm. in many different ways. Now, if you, if you recall maybe um, some tournament matches in the past where there is like a major comeback, like someone is up, you know, five, six rounds, and then all of a sudden, boom, he comes all the way back and wins, right? That kind of thing happens because when the player who's behind, they're, they're not really quite in this mode yet. And when, once they realize, oh, shit, I'm one round away from death, then they realize, okay, this is the time of peril, and they turn up the, you know, the skills. <laughs> they turn up the juice, and they don't even realize it a lot of the time. This is kind of one of those things that most people will, uh, you know, will do but they won't understand why it's happening. Now, the, the reason I bring all this shit up and all these three different types of mental states during tournament play is 
I mean, the bottom line, you want to achieve the, the level where you are able to perform to your max, to 100%. Under pressure, under in a tournament. Absolutely. And in order to achieve that, you have to... Attend tournaments. Uh, not only attend tournaments, but you have to attend and experience the fear yep. several times. You have to lose to expert players and be completely scared and... You know, you gotta shit your pants and fuck up all your combos and just play like an idiot. You gotta do that multiple times. Once you do that multiple times, you begin to kind of feel comfortable with your nervousness. And that's what you want. You don't wanna be not nervous at all. You just wanna feel comfortable with this nervousness. And what, what, what happens is many times, let's say someone like wins a tournament, right? And then, after the tournament, everyone goes up to him and they're like, yo, let's money match, let's money match, and, or let's get some casuals. And everyone beats him. The guy who just won the tournament loses to a shitload of other jobbers, right? Yep. Well, the reason for that is what I'm talking about. This person who won the tournament, even if he tries his very best, is going to be unable to perform at 100%. Because it's not up to you. It's this natural defense that the human body has and you can't just turn it on you can't just be like okay now i want to be at 100 percent. it doesn't work that way you have to be in that state of danger you have to mentally be scared to have your reflexes at 100 percent have all your punishment at 100 percent and this is why there are so many players out there that are maybe not that good but they excel in tournament they excel big time. This is also why, the, the opposite, there's so many players out there that completely fucking are terrible in tournament, but when you play them in casuals, they're unbeatable. I mean, I don't want to put anyone on blast, but they're Bronson Tran. But there are some, <laughs> but there are some players uh, in the Tekken community that are just like the best players in the world. I mean, they're, they're top-tier level players, but in tournament, they just fall apart. I mean, this is because of what I'm talking about. You know, I, I, you got to be able to, instead of trying to completely lose the nerves, you got to be able to just harness them and use them to your advantage. I mean, it's the only way to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, every, you know, Evo's coming up, like I said, and it's a, it's a week away, and I know this, uh, this podcast is kind of late in terms of practicing up or preparing for Evo as far as... Uh, Mentally and all that stuff. If you're well, planning to go to evil, you've already pl practiced up. Now it's just like the mental thing. You exactly. Know? Now, it's, now it's like all your execution, all your movement, all your throw breaking, all that stuff should be down by now. And now it's just like mental preparation for the tournament. Mentally preparing. Yeah. If I mean, you know, it's so important to understand that when you're in a tournament match, it, you're in serious danger. You have to take it completely seriously. Um, mm -hmm. When even if you're playing, I've learned this the hard way, Mike. Even if you're playing some total jobber idiot, you still have to respect them. I mean, I don't want to put anyone else on blast, Sukin user. But if you're playing, just like it, it doesn't matter who you're playing. I'm just kidding, Sukin. Don't get mad. But it, it, it doesn't matter who you're playing. That was good burn. <laughs> that was good burn. Okay. Um, anyway, the point is, even if you know you can beat this guy, you still have to respect them. Because if you don't respect them, you're not showing enough care. And even though this guy's better than you, you can lose to him. So you have to prevent that at all costs. It's very important to try 
hard to understand. The key is you just understand that you're in danger. And once you understand you're in danger, you perform at 100%. And that's, that's uh, the conclusion, the hypotheses that I've come up with uh, when it comes to tournament nerves. Uh, in case you, unless you have anything else to add to that, Mike. Well, yeah, I, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting, too. I've been talking to, like, Suikin about, like, his tournament nerves. Uh-huh. And then one thing he says is, like, it's kind of like the opposite, but I guess it's just, like, uh, it's just, like, motivation to himself to get himself going in tournaments and not feel nervous or, like, control his nervousness. Yeah. He tells me that, like, no matter who he plays, he goes into the match thinking, who the fuck is this guy? I'm just going to fuck him up, right? I don't really care who he is. I'm just going to play him like any other player. And it's just like, I'm I'm not going to give him too much respect. I mean, I'm going to give him some, but I'm not going to say like, oh, this guy already has me beat because this guy has this name. You know, it's like, you can't, it feels like people today put too much uh, emphasis on someone else's name. It's like, oh, I heard this guy beat him. I heard this guy beat oh, yeah, him or something. It's like, people hype themselves up too much and they just have to play against that other player. You know, oh, yeah, it's, it's the Justin Wong effect. You know, I mean, yeah, that's, exactly. that's the bottom line. But, you know, Sukin, what he's saying right there, that is a personal strategy, what he does to stay away from the fear. He wants to avoid the fear, and that's what he psychs himself out by saying, okay, who is this guy? This guy's a clown. I'll fuck him up, no problem. That is a personal strategy that he uses. But the bottom line is that in order to beat someone, you have to be nervous to some extent. In fact... The fact that he's coming up with that strategy in the first place shows that he's giving this guy respect because he has to come up with a strategy to psych himself out to beat him. I mean, this is kind of like philosophical, but the bottom line is, obviously, he's showing this guy respect because he's coming up with a completely, a whole strategy to stop him, you know? I mean, it, it's, it's uh, separate from what I'm trying to say. Everyone has their own methods to calm down you know people have told me they do push-ups people have you know people have cigarettes i have cigarettes i chomp on nicotine all day long at a tournament but the point is even though i i smoke 100 cigarettes the point is i still gotta get nervous to some extent you gotta show the guys some respect you gotta uh treat everyone like they are a legitimate player and that like you are in danger or else i mean you could slip even Justin Wong, recently at NorCal Regionals, he slipped against Andy OCR. I mean, Andy OCR brought his A game, and he's a top-level top Bison player, but come on, Justin Wong, let's keep it real. This guy's got years of tournament experience. I mean, he's, he's the shit, and well, proved it in the grand final. Go ahead. Kind of in that situation, too, is that uh, Andy OCR was the one that, you know, realizes the fear mm -hmm. in winner's final, and then he brought his A game because, like, he exactly. had that. He he had that. Uh, you know, he had all the faster reflexes. He got all that. You know, boost from the juice, right? There is a perfect uh, example of two of these things going on right there. Uh, Justin Wong. Thought, who the Justin fuck Wong is Andy? Exactly. Justin who is Wong brings it back, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who the fuck is Andy OCR? I'm not gonna care about him, right? Well, the the proof is in the pudding. You know, you don't care about your opponent. You don't know who Andy OCR is. You're going to get fucked up. It doesn't matter who you are. Justin Wong, fucking Michael Kwan, or whatever the fuck your last name is, or anyone. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter who it is. And then on the other side, Andy OCR, he's got the juices flowing. He's, got, he's on his A game. He's playing against Justin Wong, and he uses that danger of Justin Wong to its full p potential right there. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, so that, that's pretty much what I wanted to cover on uh, tournament nerves. Everyone who wants to get better at tournament, you got to enter multiple tournaments, including majors. Don't be cheap. I know it's expensive sometimes, 40 50 bucks, whatever. Don't be a cheapskate. Uh, it's really uh, going to benefit your game if you're serious. Yeah, I mean, like, that experience from that tournament, like... Could one day give you like a first place or a second place or like a top eight finish, and then, yeah. and then you know like maybe three months down the line, six months down the line, a year down the line, you win all that money back and then some, you know, and you make a name for yourself. It's yeah, like, definitely. And and it's never personally, it's never about the money. I mean, if you're playing in tournaments for money, you're pretty much a fool. You're not gonna win that way. You have to do it for the passion of the game. You have to study the game, study uh, tournament play. I mean, it, it's not going to work. I mean, you gotta you got to invest in your hobbies. It doesn't matter what you're fucking into. If you're into model airplanes or fucking, what, you know, whatever, you're going to invest in it. And this is an investment. You're, it's a great investment. Even, even like... Even, like, local players and, like, you know, people from, like, other states, when they're like, oh, why don't you just come join our, you know, little $5 tournament? It's like, oh, I don't want to enter a tournament just to lose to this guy. It's like, oh, that guy's in the tournament? I don't want to lose to him either. That's the like, dumbest shit I've ever heard. Yep. But it's like, it, but it happens. It's like, yeah. people don't want to enter these tournaments because they're scared of losing. And it's like, why? It's like, who yeah. cares if you lose? It's completely unacceptable. To me, it's completely unacceptable. I mean... It's just five bucks. Yeah. You know, just, I mean, you're, that five dollars is really, really spent well. I mean, if you're trying to get good at fighting games, the best thing you could do is enter tournaments. I mean, five bucks is nothing, dude. You're getting so much experience. I would spend, I mean, when I was a kid, you know, getting older and I was just starting to enter tournaments and stuff, I didn't have a lot of money either. But the first thing I wanted to do was enter tournaments. I mean, that's all I gave a shit about. You know, I was waiting for Southern Hills to have another tournament or wherever, you know, that I was just, that was the most important thing to me. And if you want to get better in tournaments, if you want to be able to harness this, like, uh, cognizant level of uh, tournament nerves, you got to do it multiple times. I cannot stress that enough. But also, when I think about that, it's like, when people lose in tournaments, like, lately I've been seeing it more, happen more recently, it's like... A lot of these people just enter tournaments and it's like, oh, I lost. I'll get better eventually. I lost. Like, they don't think about why they lost anymore. They yeah. just enter these tournaments and they expect, like, oh, it should, I should eventually win someday. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, that's what I feel like these guys have now. It's like, they don't, they don't, like, go home and it's like, oh, man, I really lost. You know, go home and post about, I really felt the loss and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> it seems like, um, people take what we're saying right now completely literally like yeah if you pay five bucks for a tournament that's gonna put you five bucks closer to winning Nah, that's yeah. not the case don't be an idiot please if you're gonna enter a tournament and you're gonna get the tournament experience please don't be a fucking retard and think that it's just gonna happen you have yep. to really be attentive and you have to when you're playing think about what happened you got scared, okay, you got nervous, okay, what happened when you were nervous? Did you drop combos? Did you uh, fuck up it's a punish? Punisher? You know, yep. what, what happened? And you got to really absorb that. I mean, it's so important to take a loss correctly and not just be like, well, whatever, that's fucking, that's Justin Wong. Oh, whatever. There's a, tur- there's a tournament next week. I can yeah. just enter that one. Yeah, it's not going to, you're not going to get better that way. You got to, you got to, Really examine. I mean, study it like it's a fucking math class. You know, yeah. study it. Like, what's what's the problem and all that shit. It's really important. 
And then it's like okay, one more last thing before we move on. Uh, For sure. It, um, it's like after they lose in the tournament too, it's like people usually can just go up to the person that they just lost to and just ask them like, "What'd you notice?" It's like, and people are like pretty open about that kind of stuff, anyways. In general, yeah, not me though. But go ahead. <laughs> I mean, the, you just go up to them and it's like. You know, you ask people around that saw your match, and it's like, oh, man, I, want, I really want to get better. I don't know, like, did you guys see something that I should improve on? You can just ask people, and then, like, people come up to me all the time. It's like, what did I do wrong in that match? I was like, you didn't break a single throw. And it's like, go work on your throw breaking. It's like, oh, okay, okay. And then all they do is go work, go home and work on throw breaking and yeah. forget about everything else. So it's like... Yeah, you can't... I mean, I've come to realize that though people can help you and give you tips... You have to really look uh, within yourself, and you got to look internally, and you got to catch this stuff on your own and realize, okay, I was nervous. This is what I did wrong. I mean, asking other people, you're just going to get their opinion. And on top of that, I mean, they're only going to tell you uh, a small fraction of it. Like like you said, you're just going to tell them, oh, you just suck at breaking throws. But that's just a small fraction. Why do you suck at breaking throws? What was going on in your mind? Were you, like, too scared? What was going on? Another person can't tell you this stuff. You have to know this on your own, and you have to study it deeply and look, you know, within yourself and see why am I fucking up? What is the problem with my game? You know, this stuff, you got to do it yourself. Don't rely on other people. I, I can tell when you talk about this shit, Mike, you're really, like, this is kind of a sensitive issue to you because so many people go to you to uh, teach them how to be better. And yeah, and it's like really, it's kind of like you kind of have to come to your own conclusions. I mean, like yeah. when I first started out, I just I was like I would drive home from like FFA, which was like an hour away, and I'm like, fuck, what did I do wrong? You know, that hour drive home, like yeah. all these thoughts just come through your head. That's but. totally exactly the same with me. When I went to Southern Hills Golfland as a as a kid, I had no radio in my car. The whole <laughs> way home, I was just thinking about this shit replaying all the matches in my head when it was a tournament day why did i lose what was going on what was the problem i mean you just have to think really hard about it it's not like half of a of a fighting game it doesn't matter what fighting game you play half of it is all in your head it has exactly. nothing to do with the playstation it has nothing to do with a, a monitor it's all in your head you can literally improve in leaps and bounds just by thinking just by thinking so, I mean, that's really what I wanted to emphasize. Uh, you know, Evolution's coming up. I'm excited. Uh, I know you're excited, Mike. Everyone's oh, yeah. fucking excited. So, I mean, uh, everyone go there. If you're not already going to Evolution, get your fucking asses to Evolution because it is the shit. Uh, it's fantastic. And I'm going to talk. Uh, I'm going to welcome on Mr. Wizard. He's got a big announcement to make. Uh, we're going to talk about Evolution with him. And also, Markman's coming on later. And we're also going to talk about Mad Cats at Evolution and all kinds of great shit going on. So stay tuned. we got a couple of cool interviews coming up, and uh, uh, that's about it. Anything else to add, Mike? Uh, no, that's about it. Other than Evolution being in a week, uh, if this podcast comes out in time, um, last day to register for Evolution is still July 5th. So try to jump on that as soon as possible. Yes, get on that shit. Mr. Wizard does not fuck around. He is not going to let you register at the door. You know, yep. he is, yeah. And don't bring those dumb World Cup horns. Ruzellas. Yeah, do not bring that shit because Wizard shit is banned. Uh, your ass is banned. So, anyway, uh, uh, stay tuned. We're going to have some cool interviews coming up and uh, we'll, get, we'll send you right to that. Alright, so check that out.
Alright everybody, I'm very pleased to have a special guest on the show today, one of the masterminds behind the Evolution Tournament Series, Joey Cuellar, a.k.a. Mr. Wizard. What's up, Joey? What's going on, Eris? Everything's going really good. I know you're really busy planning Evo. It's down to the wire. Uh, we got like just over a week, right? Yeah, seven days. I'm, I'm getting like 700 emails a day i got to handle, so it's, it's really coming down to the wire and i got to get everything done, so... And I'm also very busy preparing myself. I do, like, a sit-up every evening uh, to get ready, get my ab ready. So I'm excited. Evo's all right, coming up. Can we be realistic here? One sit-up from you is not going to help out, all right? <laughs> like 100, all right? Hey, come on, man. I got feelings, all right? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so before we go on to the big announcement you're going to make about uh, Tekken at Evo, uh, quickly go over some of the special events you guys have planned to make this Evo uh, extra special. I mean, you guys always have great stuff planned. What's going on this year? All right, well, I mean, first off, I mean, Capcom's bringing a huge game. They're bringing Marvel vs. Capcom 3, and, I mean, this is their new game that uh, the, the Marvel franchise hasn't been around for almost 10 years now. So, I mean, to get the license back and to create a new game and a, and a new uh, in an atmosphere and then have the actual fighting game fans where uh going to test it out. And the, the Marvel vs. Capcom 3 producer will be on hand to take all feedback. So awesome. it's going to be a really good experience. Um yeah, so we got that, and then we we're showing Bang the Machine again. One of my favorites. Which is like some cult following. Like, I mean, these people are just like coming out of the woodworks to come see this thing. I mean, we haven't showed it in a few years, but uh, everyone loves when we do show it. And people come from not even video game backgrounds to watch this movie, and it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. I've seen it a couple times, and I'm always uh, ready to watch it again. And, uh, you know, the whole Marvel thing, I mean, that is just so spectacular. I really like every year you guys have uh, new games that are not out yet testing. I mean, you've had Tekken uh, 5 in the past. You've had Street Fighter 4, Tatsunoko vs. Capcom, and now Marvel vs. Capcom. So it's really cool. I mean, Evolution has really uh, sealed the deal. I mean, you guys are on top of your shit, and it's like a really grown-up, legitimate tournament. It's not some bootleg operation, you know, random tournament. It's legit. It's the Olympics. So uh, I'm very excited. And uh, if you could just get right down to it, man, what's the big announcement about Tekken uh, at EVO? All right, so we got Namco. Namco has hopped on board and, and wants to support the community, which is always a good thing from Namco. And uh, they decided that they wanted to uh, spike the pot a bit. Excellent. So what we're going to do is we're actually going to pay the top eight players who qualify for uh, Evolution in the second tournament on Sunday, and those top players will take home a uh, part of the prize pool. So Excellent. they can get their like reimbursement on a flight or a hotel or whatever, just make their stay like a little bit more enjoyable. Excellent. That's, that's all courtesy of Namco, so big ups to them for that. That's really cool. I'm really glad to see that, and it seems like they're really learning from Capcom and really uh, supporting something like a, something so important as Evolution. So that's really cool. And um, is there going to be any uh, presence by Namco at uh, Evolution? Well, unfortunately, this year they have nothing to show off. I mean, stuff is still coming down the pipe, and it's mm -hmm. under non-disclosure, so we can't really talk about that. Gotcha. Uh, maybe they'll make an announcement at the Tokyo Game Show. Who knows? Okay. But... uh uh, Harada, who is a Tekken producer, will actually be, uh, be attending Evo. So, along with, uh, uh, Ono, who is a Street Fighter producer, the, both the producers for the, the both, uh, the high-ranking games will be there. So that'll be very interesting. He'll be there to take pictures and autographs and answer questions about the Tekken series and... Definitely and cool. That's, uh, that's excellent. I'm definitely gonna ask him about the, uh, practice mode. Uh, 
<laughs> I know you're a big horror for practice mode. And oh, just... oh yeah, I, I'm so I'm so happy about the practice mode in Tekken Six. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna. I can't just practice on normal people. Just say, hey, can you be a dummy for like an hour while I beat you up? I, I don't like people. I'm antisocial. <laughs> I, I'm definitely gonna have uh, have him sign my copy of Tekken Six, especially on the back where it says that it has a practice mode. I'm gonna have him sign that portion. <laughs> Really happy about that. I really thought that was going to really help you in the future selling that. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. Yeah, but I mean, it's definitely cool that he's going there and he's supporting the competitive uh, Tekken scene and everything. And uh, I'm really happy about that. And I'm very, very excited about Evo. It's coming up. Everyone who's listening to this, get your asses to Evo. It is the shit. And uh, I mean, mean, over the years, we brought we we bring it every year. I, I, I like, and the best part about Evo is once you go one time. We hook you so far in that you just want to keep coming back year after year. It's like heroin, dude. It's yeah, like- exactly. So you just got to come out that one time and bring your friends. And, and yeah. what people are doing now is they plan their vacations around it. Yeah, I know I do. I know. Right. I do. So, I mean, if you're going to come out once a year to the one tournament, you want to come out to the Super Bowl of tournaments. Yeah. Just, so. It's definitely, definitely the Super Bowl of tournaments. I mean, it's fantastic. Everything about I could go on all day about it, but everything <laughs> about Evo is awesome. I mean, the location, you guys have just gotten the formula down. It's like a science, and you guys are the scientists behind right. it. So uh, I, I really appreciate what you guys do for the community and for the scene, and uh, I know you're really busy. I thank you for uh, coming out and uh, doing this interview with me, and I'll, I'll let you get back to business. I don't want to take up too much of your time, man. All right, well, thank you very much for having me on the show, and I hope to see all the Tekken people and everyone else uh, at EVO this year. We'll all be there, man. All right. All right, thank you. Take it easy. See you. Bye-bye. everybody i'm honored to have a true legend on the show today now here's the thing i call a lot of people legends you know across the years you know i I see everyone i'm like hey look at the legend but this guy has truly cemented himself as a true fighting game legend mr markman is on the show and i'm very pleased to have you here man what's up what's up Eris? thank you for having me here um yeah I've never been called a legend quite as extravagantly as you put it. Hey, you know, the, the it's the truth, man. Like I said, I call a lot of people legends, but you really have changed the fighting game scene so much uh, that, I mean, it's the truth. It's the only thing that I can call you at this point. I mean, uh, you know, I got so much stuff I want to talk to you about, and, you know, let's just get right down to it. Uh, the main reason, I mean, you've done so much for the community, both Street Fighter and Tekken, but the main reason that I, I really am calling you a legend is because of the, the amazing, amazing success that you've had with the Mad Cats Tournament Edition Fight Sticks. Now, I mean, we've got a lot of other things to talk about as well, but let me just start with, can you just give the people listening maybe a, a history on how the fight stick was conceived, when it was conceived, and exactly who is responsible for it, and what are some of its inspirations? Oh, sure, I, I'd love to. And, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty uh, near and dear to my heart because it was the first uh, real project I actually worked on at Mad Cats um, as a product development person. So 
Um, I'm going to go straight to the chase. I was at Mad Cats for maybe about a year uh, in a different department, and I was I was working there, and I wasn't feeling it, man. I, I felt like I was going to quit. I mean, there's been a lot of bad uh, bad uh, words about Mad Cats in the past, as many people have known. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah. when when the Street Fighter project came around, it was the first time that I really saw that uh, people started taking it seriously. And uh, so what happened was I was just hanging out at the front of the front office in Mad Cats, and then one of the heads of the product development team came back. His name is Chris. Mm-hmm. He asked me, hey, I heard you, you're into arcade sticks and stuff like that. And I was like, man, let me tell you, <laughs> I'm into arcade sticks. <laughs> I don't know if people know, but even before I got a job at Mad Cats, I was really into the whole arcade stick scene uh, over on the tech forums on Shore Yukon. I would always be posting. I'd be collecting all kinds of crazy arcade sticks. So I was I was always into it. And, and when someone tried to ask me about it at Mad Cats, I was like, Boy, you crazy! This is this is my shit. Yeah, you're definitely the right man for the job. That's for sure. So, um, from then on out, when I heard we were gonna do something for the upcoming new uh, Street Fighter game, I was like, "Oh man, I, I'm down. Let, let's do it." So they asked me to write up a report on everything I know about arcade sticks. So I put together this 17-page report Jeez. on everything I know about arcade sticks, <laughs> arcade stick parts, different styles, how people use arcade sticks, and the way they hold them. And after that, they were like, you know what, you're, you're fucking crazy, we want you on the team. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, it was a small team. Uh, there's there's a group of three of us that were actually working on the product. It was the head of the product development team, okay. uh, myself, and our industrial designer, Lawrence. Okay. So once we started working on that, uh, we started working directly with Capcom, with uh, Ono-san and with Seth Killian. Awesome. And, um, and we worked very closely with the Street Fighter team to get the right feel and... Um, Obviously, we modeled it very closely after the Vulix arcade machine, which is what Street Fighter 4 was on in Japan. Mm-hmm. So um, as far as uh, the design itself, it was just us three. And this was at the time uh, where I met Cats, um, no one believed in the project. And I don't want to put anyone on blast in particular, but we had to kind of work on this from the sidelines. And um, lo and behold, this thing blew up and became probably our most successful product um, as far as like changing the name for Mad Cats, turning it around. When you say probably, I mean, come on, let's keep it real. It is definitely, right? I'll let you keep it real, and I will just talk nicely just in case uh, someone else from Mad Cats is listening. Okay, let me keep it real. Definitely. That is just uh, (laughs) a... For me, I mean, you know, growing up, you know, Mad Cats has always been around. And, you know, they may produce some products that you enjoyed as a kid here and there, whatever. But this is just like... Without a doubt, the groundbreaking product. Everyone loves the TE stick. I mean, it, it, there there are so many people that like it that at this juncture, you don't even have to own one. You just have to be good at using one because they're, they're everywhere. I mean, you can't go to a tournament without tripping over one. I mean, they're everywhere. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. You really changed the whole fighting competitive fight stick scene, and it's just that's the exact reason why I was saying, you know, this guy is truly a legend. It's just uh, this this TE stick thing has really become a milestone in fighting game competitive fighting game history, and uh, yeah, I mean that's really an amazing story. I I personally didn't even know the exact details myself, and uh, I I want to know because you guys are so involved. It's not like you guys just made a stick and threw it out there and everyone loves it. You guys are pushing for all kinds of you know support, community support, sponsorship of Daigo. I mean, there's all kinds of really cool stuff going on with Mad Cats that I really love. And I know you guys are uh, heavily involved with Evolution. Am I correct? 
That's correct. So explain to me exactly how you're involved with Evolution, and tell me a little bit about these gold TE sticks. Ooh, okay. So first and foremost, I, I've been going to Evolution since as long as I can remember, since even before it was EVO. I've been to the B5, and um, I've been a part of it, the fighting game community, for a very long time. So um, it was my pleasure to actually go to EVO. Actually, uh, last year's EVO, where Street Fighter Four was there for the first time, mm -hmm. um, looking at EVO and seeing that it went from people having custom arcade sticks and Hori sticks the year before mm -hmm. to 90% of the people having Mad Cat sticks. That was such a, a, a such a, a great feeling, just seeing, like, wow, my, my product is out there. People are actually using it. People enjoy using it. Yeah. So um, I'm going to be at EVO. Like, as long as I'm with Mad Cats, I'm going to make sure Mad Cats is at EVO and supporting the community. I like that. Uh, because if it wasn't for the community, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be talking on this podcast about what we're talking about right now. So. For sure. I want to give back as much as I can. And, um, yeah, we're going to have a booth at Evo, and I don't think I really went into detail yet uh, anywhere, but we're going to have a booth. We're going to be selling a lot of cool stuff, a lot of exclusive stuff that you can only get at Evo, and um, we're, we're actually going to start selling it online as well. Okay. But we want to ha make sure the people at Evo have it for the first time. And awesome. um, there was an announcement that we're going to be making gold tea sticks yeah. for the top eight of Super Street Fighter Four. And, um, well, it's not just going to be for Super Street Fighter 4. I want to also give some out to some of the people at the show and also want to support some of the other tournaments as well. So Wow, cool. I, that's what I like to hear, man. I, I want to get my hands on one of those gold sticks, dude. I'm, I'm going to start playing Super Street Fighter 4 today. So I can make top eight in a week and a half and get one of those gold sticks. But oh, the game is rubbish. I'm sure you could uh, <laughs> yeah. you could get up to that level in no time. Of course, yeah, no problem. No, but I mean, you you guys are gonna be present. You guys are gonna have a major presence there. Is there any possibility uh, that you could uh, fill me in on maybe some of the new products you'll have there, or is it all just totally a surprise? Well, um, one of them we, we announced is the gold stick is going to be there. Obviously, that's not going to be a, a stick that we take to the mass market, but there is going to be another stick that we're going to unveil there for the first time. Okay, cool. And um, it's my favorite arcade stick that I've ever worked on so far at Madcast. Awesome, so awesome. I hope people look forward to that one. I'm very excited myself. So I, I mean, there, there's, been, there's been some hints about it online so far, but I'll just leave it to your guys' imagination, and we have probably less than a week before you guys see it. Yeah, it's it's coming up fast, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. Now, I mean, um, you know, you, you guys you guys have a really successful arcade stick out right now, and it's kind of uh, it's hard to say when you want to move on to the next generation and what type of improvements you want to make on something that's almost so perfect. Now, I wanted to ask you: Is there any uh, any um, part of the TE stick that you feel like can be improved on, and also, I want to know why you think so many arcade stick companies insist on adding this turbo function uh, on these arcade sticks. I mean, I, it doesn't really make sense to me. Maybe you can fill me in. Yeah, I mean, it's something I was always against, putting mm -hmm. turbo in, because, I mean, you know, we're, we're from the competitive gaming scene. Yeah. No one uses that. Yeah. But, but in... in um, in order to be competitive with everyone else out on the market, which did have turbo, mm -hmm. um, especially at the retail level, retailers see that as a benefit as why they would choose your stick at the store versus the competitors. So That's interesting. It's I mean, there, there's a lot of lot of background politics that go go on when you try to create a product. I mean, a lot of retailers will compare and be like, mm -hmm. "Hey, but this company has turbo, or this company has uh, a soft feeling backside, or something." But uh -huh. so you just gotta you just gotta you know, catered to the retailer itself. Yeah. 
you got to make them happy. I mean, because after all, they're buying your stick, they're bringing it to the stores, they're bringing it to the masses. Interesting. So, I mean, the main reason why you would include Turbo, the only reason is just because everyone else has Turbo. It doesn't matter whether it's necessary or not. You just have to compete? Well, in in in, in essence, yes, that, that is correct. But um, if I were to have it my way, obviously I wouldn't put Turbo in. Yeah. But... Um, it's 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 tricky. I mean, I mean, we have it already made. We have it programmed into our PCBs. Yeah, it's a thing. We might as well use it. But um, I know it makes a lot of people pissed. I mean, it's not that bad in Tekken because if you use it, you're obviously gonna die. But yeah. in games like Street Fighter, people use it. They end up doing one frame links like it's nothing. Oh so, really? I didn't even know that it was possible to use it competitively. Oh yeah, I mean, you can. Wow. I mean, especially if you like say you set fierce punch with ryu to like turbo and then you mash forward fierce and then down fierce you'll hit that one frame link like almost every oh, single time shit, really how do they even police this i had no idea that this was a factor yeah well the good thing is we we made it very noticeable if you're using it you'll see the lights flashing on our oh, okay, okay. fix have it where it's just a slide switch and you don't see any indication of it being on you have to like respect it but if you see lights flashing on a te stick you know someone's up to no good. I see. Okay, that that clarifies a lot. Interesting. Now, surprisingly, you know, as you know, I asked uh, you know the people listening to email me questions for you, and I was very surprised because I got a shitload of emails about the very same question, which is, are there any? Is there a possibility that Mad Cats will ever produce a Korean style? TE stick with authentic Korean parts. I got a shitload of emails, the same question, so I gotta ask you, man. Well, okay, um, I have some good news, I have some bad news. Okay. Bad news is, I mean, how many people really use Korean parts other than Tekken players? That's exactly true. But, we just started selling and distributing in Korea, mm-hmm. and we do like to please our markets. Obviously, we, we brought out the Super Street Fighter sticks mm-hmm. and the TE sticks in Japan, so... We're really trying to push in the Asian market, so there is definitely a possibility. I don't want to rule it out. But as far as it coming out in America, who knows? But there is definitely a possibility, especially with future games coming out. Maybe we get the license for a a, a possible game that's very popular in Korea. Uh-huh. Who knows? Interesting. Okay. And, I mean, speaking of, you know... But, but real talk, I, I messed around with the Korean parts, T-stick cases. It can be done, so... Is it is it easily moddable right now? Can you easily swap uh, Korean parts for TE stick? It's not easily moddable. Oh, okay. I mean, um, luckily, I have access to a lot of parts, so I, I messed yeah. around with it. But the case the case is big enough. You could fit a a, a Fanta stick in there. Okay. Uh, crown buttons have no problem fitting in. You just have to make sure you have the right cut for the metal plate. But I see. It's it's definitely possible. It just takes a lot of work. Interesting. Well, I mean, like you said earlier, you are definitely a stick connoisseur, and you have uh, quite the collection. Uh, remind me, how many arcade sticks you own? Last I counted, I mean, I, I got a bunch the past week, so I think I'm like at 194, probably. That is amazing. That is amazing. And I mean, you're very knowledgeable on the subject. And uh, recently, I myself was very lucky, and I was able to get my hands on a uh, Hori uh, Real Arcade Pro Vulix Premium... I mean, whatever it's called, it's like the greatest stick uh, I've I've played on in a long time. And I wanted to ask your opinion. I know you might be a little biased, but give me your try to be unbiased and give me your opinion on this great stick that uh, just recently came out. Oh man! Okay, first and foremost, I am totally unbiased when it okay. comes to sticks. I am a big Hori fanboy. I know. Hori is actually the inspiration 
really for the TE sticks. I met the engineer behind the VLX stick and a lot of the older Hori sticks at E3 just a few weeks ago. And I just told him, man, I was like, I pretty much sucked his dick. I was like, man, because <laughs> you, I wanted to make the TE that great. And he told me next time he won't lose to me. So we're going to have a little battle in the future. Damn. All right. All right. Well, yeah, um, well, what are your thoughts on that stick? I, I love the stick. The Hori VLX is, is the Rolls Royce of arcade sticks right now. Obviously, yeah. it's a very high price tag at two ninety nine. Yeah. Hori did an incredible job with the attention to detail. They actually even got the Taito uh, Vulix license. Yeah. And they have the exact spacing, the actual artwork, and everything you'd come to expect from them copying exactly what's in the arcade machine. They yeah, actually, they really... actually made some improvements on the on the actual Vulix arcade panel because on the Vulix arcade panel it's not compatible with certain sticks, uh-huh. but they sure this one was was uh, more compatible. You actually can mod it with Seimitsu sticks easily, and there's no problem with that. Interesting. It's, it's just insane. I mean, the amount of detail they put into it, and the the amount of research they've done. I've known the the engineering team. They actually worked with top players like uh, from the Tekken scene and the Street Fighter scene. They talked to you from No Respect. Uh, I think they talked with Takayama and a lot of people on the on the Arcadia staff to get their feedback on making this stick. Yeah, well, I mean, it really shows. I'm looking at it right now, and it's really a, a really great stick. And I think, to be honest with you, the best thing about this arcade stick is the fact that it's so good that, you know, just like when, uh, I'm sure you'll agree, when you're trying to get good at a fighting game, the best thing for you is healthy competition. And as as a Mad Cat's employee, you know, creating such a great product like the TE stick, nothing is better for the fans than great competition for you. So, I mean, the existence of this arcade stick is, you know, it's so great. I mean, it looks beautiful, and it's got all these great details and everything. But the best thing about it is that, you know, now you have some really fearsome competition, and I think everyone's going to win in the end. I mean, you guys are going to come up with great products to answer back to this, and then hopefully they'll come up with a new product, and so on and so forth. So, I mean, uh, personally, I'm very excited uh, as far as fighting arcade sticks go, because Mm -hmm. there are so many uh, great options now, and uh, multiple companies. I mean, for a while, you guys are really dominating. I mean, you guys are really dominating. And like you said, last year at EVO, everyone had a Mad Cat stick and, you know, all that stuff. But I feel like this is a really, really good competition for you. And uh, it's, a, it's a great stick, and uh, I'm really happy with it myself. But, um, I mean, so wh- what would you say? Out of five stars, what would you give it? I'd give it a five, hands down. I mean, they're, they're just based on, on the product itself, it's a great product. Uh, five out of five, no, no, no question. But... Yeah. There are a lot of things that the fighting game community takes into consideration, and one of them is price. Do you Absolutely. see yourself paying three to three hundred dollars for one of these things? That's what you got to ask yourself. That's originally what I was thinking as well, but you know what? The thing that uh, Insomnitech, as you know, he he reminded me over the years. Think back, how many players you've seen that have paid two hundred fifty plus for shitty quote-unquote custom sticks that people have made in their backyard with pictures of fucking Jessica Alba or whatever (laughs) bullshit anime characters Mm -hmm. or plexiglass cases and all this shit. People have played a shitload of money for... I mean, those those arcade sticks are just a joke compared to this. Yeah, I mean... But there's a counter to that. I mean, back then, arcade sticks weren't uh, a very flourishing market, but... You look at it now, three hundred dollars. You could get two TE sticks. You That's could get, absolutely true. You could get three of the higher end Hori sticks. I mean, it's it's tough now. The market is very tough. I mean, this is as much as a console cost. Yeah, and that is true. 
And I mean, I give Hori all the respect in the world, but I think, I think they're done, <laughs> pretty much. Yikes! I'm not, Jeez. I'm not scared of a three hundred dollar price tag item. I mean, I could challenge them all I want. I could say, hey, Hori, you better come up with a hundred fifty arc, hundred fifty dollar arcade stick that could compete with ours. Uh, but right now, I'm not scared, and I have a lot of things in my back pocket that I'll fire off on them anytime. Wow, I like the confidence, man. I like that a like, lot. I was working on that. I was trying to, you know, put them on blast a little bit. But <laughs> I, I really respect them, and I hope they do come out with more. And, in fact, I'm very honored that they actually changed their plan because, obviously, you know, the, the Real Arcade Pro, the the Tekken 5 stick casing, that casing itself, they've been using since 2002. Yeah, yeah. That thing lasted a long time. I mean, it did. What, 2009 when they finally unveiled a new arcade stick. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was it was a uh, old faithful to me. I I've been playing on that that case forever. I mean, yeah. I, I've enjoyed it. It's good, it's, but I mean, it's a great stick. But I mean, who's to say if Madcast didn't come along, they would have kept using that shit? You know? Yeah, that's true. You're, so you're I'm absolutely glad right. that they changed their stuff up because I was so happy to see that they came out with new designs. Yeah. Some of which was kind of ins- I I think I want to say they might have been inspired with the design on the T stick. I mean. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you, this this uh, VLX stick, I'm looking at it right now, and it feels like they were inspired by the TE stick. You can feel it in the stick. It feels similar, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, that's that's definitely true. And I, like you said, uh, the competition is great, and I like that. I think the true winner in the end is going to be the fighting game player. You know, yeah. with so, so many options and all that and stuff. And the guys that collect arcade sticks. So yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, anyway, we talked so much about arcade sticks, but there's so much more to what you do for the community, and you always support so many tournaments. You're unbiased. I mean, I know you're you have a true love affair with Tekken, but I mean, you're you're so unbiased. You go to all these different tournaments and support so many scenes, and uh, most people don't know that you are actually uh, you have a close relationship with Namco of Japan. And you are actually America's liaison between Namco of Japan and, uh, you know, the American players. So what can you tell me about perhaps, I know this is a touchy issue and we have all these non-disclosure, you know, things, to, you know, tiptoe around. But what can you tell me possibly about the future of Tekken and perhaps the next installment of Tekken? Oh, okay. Well, I have good news and bad news. Bad news is I don't know what's going on next. Okay. But the good news is there will be a next Tekken, so... Yeah, we do know that. So well, that's the good news. <laughs> but I mean, go ahead. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm very close with the guys over at uh, Namco Japan. I actually just talked today uh, to Harada and uh, Michael Murray from the Japan offices of, of the, the Tekken team. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and it's 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 a cool relationship, man. I never thought I'd be able to talk with them on that level where they would ask me for advice and and um, we would talk about how to hype up the community, how to further, you know, spread the word about Tekken all across the world. And um, it's it's been an honor. I mean, I was just a fan of the game. I love playing the shit out of the game competing. I never thought it would go to this level yeah. where we would actually have some say in what, what goes on behind the scenes. For sure. So um, as far as the next Tekken goes, I mean, obviously there were the, the reports uh, from some event in Spain where Harada was talking about the next Tekken game. Mm-hmm. And... I don't think they, unva- they unveiled what it's going to be exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. people are speculating it might be a new tag game. Uh-huh. It's Tekken 7. It might be an right. upgrade to Tekken 6 uh, or whatever. But, I mean, between me and you, I heard it's, it's probably not going to be a tag game. Well, between and- me and you, there's some people listening. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my well, bad. Oh, you didn't know? 
Oh damn, dude! I'm sorry. This is we're, we're people are listening to this. That's fine. No, oh, it's cool. Okay. The great, great uh, service that you're doing for the community. <laughs> so I am Tekken.com avoiding the puddle. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, man. Go ahead. I heard I heard a lot of rumors, and I've heard a lot of things internally that I probably can't talk about. But the good news is there's another Tekken coming. Yeah. Well, that's that's great to hear, and uh, I I personally am very excited. I mean, uh, what do you want to see? What do you want to see for the from the next Tekken? Um, you know what? To be perfectly honest with you, I personally will accept anything they throw at me as long as it's balanced. That's the most important thing to me as a fighting game player, that it's a balanced game and it's fun to play. That's really all I need. I'll conform to any other crazy things that they throw at me, whether it's tag or rage or fucking... I don't care, you know? I'll figure it out. I just want it to be balanced and I want it to be fun and I want it to retain the feel of Tekken. I mean, that's all I really want from them. And, you know, uh, try to stay away from too much Darth Vader kind of shit, you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to see fucking, you know, Mickey Mouse in my uh, Tekken. But uh, as long as they stay away from all that shit, then, you know, I'll be happy. I'm not too picky, you know? Just balance. That's all I really want. And yeah. uh, as far as I know, Mishima Star... Uh, we were able to hang out with him and talk to him in Japan. He's responsible for the balancing of the Tekken games now, right? Yeah, and he, he's, he's uh, from what I heard from Harada-san and uh, Michael, they've been telling me he's probably the best competitive player on their team, and he does a lot of the the research and a lot of the playtesting to make sure that it comes out that way. I think it's probably why in 6.0 Kazuya was so beastly, <laughs> but then he <laughs> yeah. probably realized, like, hey, man, I, I should take this seriously. Yeah. Don't you guys down a bit, but... Um, I don't know. I'm kind of bittersweet about Mishimas not being as good as they used to be. How do, how do you feel about about that? Well, I mean, you know, I think the Mishimas are pretty solid, and I don't like... I Like I said, balance is so important to me. And right now, I feel like, as far as Devilgin goes, you know, he's way up there. I mean, he's pretty good in the right hands, and I think that's how it should be. And I think uh, even OG Tekken players will agree with me that uh, you don't want to see uh, easy Mishima. You want to see a potentially good Mishima in the right hands. And I feel like we, t- we have that today, so I- I'm happy. I-, I complimented him when I saw him face-to-face at what a gr- uh, great job he did with the balance of the game. So, you know, I-, I-, I appreciate it. He's doing a good job. Yes, sir, and hopefully he'll he'll stay with it. I mean, I know he plays a lot of games. He's been playing uh, Virtua Fighter lately, uh, getting ready for that new Virtua Fighter game. So hopefully he gets back to work and stays away from the Virtua Fighter. Yeah, he actually told me that the only reason he plays Virtua Fighter is because they don't let him compete in Tekken anymore because he works for the team. Otherwise, wow. he would be playing Tekken. But he just since they don't let him compete, he wants to play something, so he plays Virtua Fighter. I see. And I know you talked about Virtua Fighter for a bit on the last show. I agree that Virtua Fighter is a great game, but they really need to do something. Yeah. And, man, they, they need to do something fast because yeah. I know they on another one but <laughs> yeah well i don't know i don't know how that's going to work out but uh before we go i wanted to ask you just just uh out of curiosity since you have so many arcade sticks god oh. knows what crazy arcade sticks you own but just top three your favorite arcade sticks of all time excluding any mad cats products oh top three my, favorite that's easy because in my top three there are no mad cats products okay okay go ahead um uh, my first favorite stick of all time would be the namco arcade stick Okay, the Tekken 2, Namco the Arcade. Tekken 2, yes. Okay. Old, gray and yellow. And uh-huh. then after that, I would go with the Hori Real Arcade Pro 1, which has the same layout as the Tekken 5 stick. It's the one with the mirror finish. Yeah, okay, okay. That those those are awesome. And then uh, third, I would put the Sega Dreamcast, uh, 
the ASCII arcade stick, the 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 Agitech one, the Green Goblin. The Green Goblin. I actually <laughs> used to own two of those. It has the memory card slot in the middle too, right? Yes, that's the yeah. one. And Interesting. I, okay. Those three would probably be my favorite. I mean, they're all Japanese sticks, and um, mm. my 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 favoritism swayed over the years when people started moving over to the Japanese sticks. Yeah. Um, but that's just what happened, man. Everyone abandoned the American sticks and uh, yeah. went on towards the ball tops. Yeah, definitely. Actually, it's funny. As soon as I got the VLX stick from uh, uh, Hori, I went over to a friend's house, and we just took out his old um, multi-arcade systems, you know, big-ass wooden. Yeah, <laughs> and I was just playing on that thing, and it almost made me sad. You know, it reminded me of Southern Hills Golfland. And, I mean, who the fuck ever thought of concave buttons? What the <laughs> hell is that? Or that big, I mean, who thought of this shit? But it really made me sad. It reminded me of being a kid and, you know, learning how to play, you know, these fighting games on these archaic, you know, fight sticks. It's crazy how far they've come. Yeah, and, um, man, I wonder if there's a market for that. I wonder if people would actually like the old school stuff again. You know, I was talking about that. Doesn't doesn't John Choi still only play on American Sticks? Yeah, he still does. Yeah, so I mean... There's some, one customer, some, right? Yeah, definitely you're going to sell one arcade stick, that's for sure. But anyway, the last thing I wanted to tell you, it's become a tradition on the show. Uh, at the end of every interview, I ask my guest to call someone out, talk some shit. Uh, you know, you already called out Hori a little bit. If you want to elaborate on that or call someone new out, you got to call someone a bitch. It's, it's, a, it's a tradition. All right. I mean, I'm going to do it all in good, good friendliness. Of but, course, that's the only way we do it here. But uh, Hori, I already talked about them, so I won't talk about them. I want to talk about Empire Arcadia. Oh my God. Okay. So, are you familiar with Empire Arcadia? Relatively. Yeah. So, I, I recently everyone heard that Justin Wong moved over to Evil Geniuses, and he's no longer with Empire Arcadia. Okay. So, what I want to tell them is, you guys better man up and try not to be so sad about losing your star player. So, Triforce, if you're listening to this. I want you to feel that hate that's going on right now and try to do something about it. Try to take the Empire to the next level because I don't want to see you guys fade away and just become a joke in the community. Obviously, you guys have good ideas. You have good goals. But I would hate to see it as Empire Arcadia, this being the end. I know you guys have great Street Fighter players. You have the fucking two of the best Tekken players in NYC Fab. And Fighting GM, and I heard Fighting GM is not going to evolution, and if that's the truth, oh man. I don't, I don't even know, know, dude. You know what? I don't even believe anything. I don't believe anything I hear until I'm there. You know, who knows? He, he may show up, he may not show up, he may be there with his sister, his, I don't know what's going to happen. Is you his know, sister so. hot? I'm going to say no. Okay. Yeah, I don't even know yeah. if he has a sister, but I'm just going to assume no. I think she probably looks like Lee Chow Lan, so <laughs> I don't know, with a rose in her mouth or some shit. God knows what she well, looks something like. Something in her mouth. <laughs> oh, my, dude. Come on. This is a children's program. We've only oh. first like 18 times, dude. You can't, you right, can't get sexual. Get a totally down. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess that's the friendliest way I could do it. Empire Arcadia, you're on blast. Hopefully you guys stepped it up. <laughs> all right, man. I like that. Well, I mean, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and telling us all this cool information and everything. And I really look forward to seeing what Mad Cats has in store at EVO and after EVO. I'm a big fan. And, you know, uh, I don't know if you're playing at EVO, but if you are, you know, good luck. Ooh, and if not, I'm yeah. not, so I'm, I'm, I'm through EVO. I'm not going to be playing. I'm going to be working okay. the booth. But, mm -hmm. like you said, after EVO, there's uh, Comic-Con going on. Okay. So, um, I just want to let everyone know that... Uh, Katsuhiro Harada, the director of the Tekken team, he's going to be coming to Comic-Con, and he's going to be supporting the 
SD Tekken tournament that we're going to be throwing. Big news. And uh, hopefully everyone can make it out. There's going to be a lot of cool prizes and stuff. Um, and I don't know if people remember, you were obviously there at the Global Championship Final in Japan. That is true. And uh, Namco mentioned that uh, it's probably something they want to do every year. Interesting. That is very interesting. And if people remember right, last year Comic-Con had uh, qualifying tournaments, and the winner of that would go to the national tournament, which ended up uh, deciding who the qualifiers were for the World Championship Final. That is how it happened, yeah. So, hey, man, I mean, if something pans out within the next month or two, and hopefully Namco's listening to this, but I think the U.S. is hungry. I think the U.S. wants to go back to Japan and try to try to win. Well, I certainly do. I very, I very much enjoyed my time there, and uh, it was really cool. And, you know, uh, I, I know you can't say too much, but I can say whatever the fuck I want. Everybody listening, if you can make it out to the Comic-Con tournament, it, just the fact that Harada is going to be there, it means that they're supporting the Tekken community. I know it's a long way for a lot of people in the U.S., but if you can make it out, you won't regret it. It's going to be a great tournament, and, you know, uh, I, I definitely support it 100%. And no laggy TVs. Definitely. What's up, Jesus What's up, Namco? What's up, Namco? How's it please, going? Please, please. Don't get me hot, dude. It's the end of the interview. You don't want to get me riled up. Right, I'll, go, right. I'll go on for another 40 minutes about this shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, man, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me. And we'll definitely see you in about a week and a half at Evo. Yes, and, sir. you know, uh, good luck with all your future business ventures, man. Hey, did Hori give you that stick for free? I'm going to go ahead and say yes, they did. I was very, very pleased. You know, uh, in Japan, I was one of the only people using a Real Arcade Pro on stage. Mm-hmm. And I got a lot of attention. So the Hori guys that were there at the booth, they were like, you know, thanking me for using their stick. And I told them, you know, I'm a big fan of the company. And they were like, yeah, we'll provide you one for free. So that's what they did. Wow, they do a great job sucking cock. They do, and especially <laughs> a small one like mine. Whoa. I mean, <laughs> you know what? Just so we have this recorded, I'm going to hook you up with one of our new TE sticks when I see you at Evo. <laughs> you know, I want to so hear your review on an upcoming episode of Avoiding the Post. Of course, you got it, man. I'll review whatever you want if you're going to give me free stuff, dude. There you go. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much for being on, Mark, and we'll see you soon, dude. All right, thanks, man. I'll see you guys. All right. All right, thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, I, I really had a good time with Mr. Markman, and Evolution is coming up. Everybody get your asses there because it is the, the shit. It's the best thing in the world. And, uh, you know, listen to all future podcasts and all that gay stuff I'm supposed to say at the end of the show. And all right, everybody, take it easy.